Recall last week that I spoke to you about being on retreat my first year in seminary and that they didn't turn the lights on at night. And so if you walk through the hallways, if you needed to do that, you had to use a flashlight. And out of a sense of pride, I refused to get a flashlight. And I told you what happened. I fell down the steps and I sprained my ankle and tried to make up some godly excuse about how I'd sprained my ankle. So we use that light, walking by the light, to be a metaphor for Christ. And we can say certainly, truthfully, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he illumines our hearts and he illumines the pathways of our lives as we walk and live our lives. In the gospel today, Jesus also can be considered to be the law giver. Because Jesus was speaking to us about the Ten Commandments. He gives the law because he's God. He wrote the law because he's God. And today he's speaking about the law, the Ten Commandments, in a way that intensifies our understanding of those commandments. And of course, is a definitive teaching about those commandments because he is God who wrote the law. So let's bring those two images together, the lawgiver and the light of the world. Jesus, the lawgiver and the light of the world. So we heard today that he was speaking to us about three commandments. We're going to consider only one today. One was the fifth commandment about murdering, sixth is about adultery, and then the second one about taking oaths or swearing. And I was intrigued, really, in terms of what Jesus was saying about the fifth commandment as he was connecting anger with murder. Anger being, if you will, a motive and source of murder. And I needed to think about that a little bit, and I want to invite you to do that as well. As we listen to the lawgiver shine light upon this particular commandment and shine light in our lives about how we live that commandment. I think we could just pluck that fifth commandment's teaching from Jesus right out of the book and apply it to the world today because we recognize in our society that there are a lot of angry people. We've talked about that before. In fact, politicians use anger to motivate people and to get them to vote. And it's easier to do that if people are angry. But what happens is when people are angry, then they got to be angry about something or about someone, and it starts to divide, and it starts to fracture. And anger can do that in our own lives. It can divide and fracture our hearts, as well as divide and fracture us from one another. We also experience anger in our lives. People can be angry with another individual for whatever reason, a very legitimate one or maybe not so legitimate. People can be angry about relationships, how well they've gone, how poorly rather they've gone, and and what people have done within the context of that relationship. People can be angry with the church. People can be angry with an employer. People can be angry with a school. A student can be angry with his teacher or her teacher. The, the list, you get it. The list goes on and on and on. We experience anger as a part of life. But Jesus is speaking to us and illumining that anger in terms of the light of his word and the light of his law. And basically what he's saying to us is that even though we do experience anger, what anger does besides divides us is it alienates people from one another. And anger can begin 
to cause, allow one rather, to choose to hold grudges against another, to not be reconciled with people, to alienate themselves to the point of canceling somebody out. We heard too that Jesus was speaking about anger and calling people names, that raka and fool and all that. It's kind of, kind of light as far as what we were hearing in the gospel today. But just think of those words that we hear a lot in, on television, on the radio, an iPodcast, whatever it is, that word that calls pe- people stupid, for example, or calls people racist, or, or, or calls people dumb because they believe or they act in this particular way, or calls people sexist, to use those kind of labels, not for what the word actually is, but to accuse people and to alienate people and to just kind of denigrate their reputation so that they can be disregarded and canceled out. We hear this with greater frequency today. And see, this is what anger does. And what happens then is that anger becomes very toxic. It becomes like a poison. It becomes like a corrosion that exists and dwells within a person's heart. Just think about if you've ever been in this situation before, or if you've known somebody who's been in this situation, just think about what happens when a person hangs on to anger for whatever reason, but hangs on to anger for a long period of time. What does that do to that individual? How does that jade the individual? How does that compromise that individual's quality of life. And to whatever extent, greater or lesser, it certainly does. So what Jesus, the lawgiver, and the light of the world is doing today is he's shining his light into our hearts, mine and yours. And he's saying, let's take a look at what's going on inside of there. Is there, as far as this commandment we're talking about, is there anger inside of your heart? Is there anger that's dwelling in your heart? And what's that about if there is? And if what happens is when, when the light is, sh- is shown into our hearts, and if it's, you know, anger or something we don't really want Jesus to know about it, well, we say that that's in the darkness. That's a dark part of our heart. And so when the light comes, just like when you get up in the morning and open up the shades, and it's sunny like it is right now, ah, your eyes are kind of like compromised. And it's like, whoa, this is too bright. And you may want to avoid the light, close your eyes to the light, deny the light, or blame somebody else for what you're seeing in your heart. Those are human things that happen because we're wounded by original sin. But when the light is shown into our hearts, sometimes what we see is what we don't want to see, and we want to deny or disregard it. But Jesus is saying, no, no, none of us can do that. None of us can do that. We need to address the anger that's in our hearts. Now, he just doesn't say that and say, okay, follow that commandment, you're going to be fine. No, no. This is how he helps us through his grace, how he accompanies us, and how he heals us in terms of the anger that we might find in our hearts. One is the sacrament of penance. Don't ever disregard it. 
the sacrament of penance and the power of healing forgiveness. Another is when Jesus was talking about leave your altar behind or leave your gift behind at the altar and then go and reconcile with your brother and sister. Oh, there it is, reconciliation, forgiveness, forgiveness of God and forgiving other people. Easier said than done forgiving other people. I realize that. I totally realize that. And sometimes it's a process. Sometimes you need to process it with other people, good people, people who are honest or true, those who are believers. And you process that anger and you process that hurt, whatever that is dwelling in your heart. And if it takes a while, and sometimes it does, if it takes a while, then that healing, once it occurs, once that forgiveness occurs, will be deeper in your heart, will be deeper in your life. In other words, there will be more that it's healed. It won't be a superficial healing. It'll be a deeper healing in your, in your life. So if it takes time, stay with it. The other thing about it is that, that God never abandons us in terms of his grace. And he is, is, is constantly sharing his grace, which means his life, which means his love. He's constantly sharing his grace, his life, his love with us. And, and so he doesn't abandon us in, in, in these particular points in time when we might be experiencing and dealing and even, if you will, confronting anger that exists in our lives. You know, some people like Jesus, he had a sense of righteous anger, right, where, where he's angry about something and, and, and something was done about it because he was angry. We can have that kind of anger, but, but most of it, most of it isn't that. Most of it isn't that. Most of it's anger because we've been hurt or harmed in some way or just because there's something going on in our lives that brings us there to that anger. Healing, reconciliation, processing it, relying on the grace of God to accompany us during those times. Remember, I'm not going to say that you or I, all of us, are, are going to murder somebody because we're angry. But just remember that Jesus connects anger and murder together. And we can see where crimes have happened, where a person was angry and they literally murdered a person. We can see where people have gone to war because they're angry and people die. And we can see where, even though this isn't literal murder, we can see where people's characters have been assassinated, where people have, have been destroyed, if you will, or at least the attempt, because somebody else is angry with them. So that connection, anger and murder, just don't forget it. Don't forget it, because Jesus is talking to us about that today. Okay, remember, too, remember, you folks are on the hill of the Beatitude, and you're listening to the teachings of Jesus. Remember that started with the Beatitudes, blessed are those, the teachings of Jesus that say, this will bring you happiness in your life. This will bring you to heaven, the eternal beatitude, if you will, the eternal happiness in life. So the light, Jesus, shining in our lives, and the lawgiver are connected. And he says, following my law that I give you will bring you happiness. And what was that? Just a minute, just a minute. Give me a second, give me a second. February 12th, right? Uh-huh. Aha. What did Psalm 119 say? 
Blessed are they, uh, happy are they, who follow the law of the Lord. So what he's teaching tonight and bringing to us is the way of happiness. Let our hearts be illumined by his teaching and by the authority of his law.